No, Greta, it is not blah, blah, blah. We are at the opposite ends of our lives. I'm 74, and you all of 18. At 12, I started writing letters to the world, in which I talked about impending doom. That was just when we were about to enter the 1960s. You are famous, and perhaps even infamous in some circles, as a leader of youth in civil society. But I want to get back to you and tell you what we, your grandparents, faced, and though we leave you with so many challenges, what we have done. When I was born in the second half of the 1940s, the average lifespan on this earth was, to use imperfect figures, around far less than 50 to over 70 years. The difference at that time between what we call developed and developing countries was, to give you two examples, rather drastic. Norway, for instance, had a life expectancy of around 70, while that in Mali was less than 30. The United States had a life expectancy of around 72, and that of China was around 35. In 2020, the comparative figures were around 80 for Norway, but almost 60 for Mali, around 78 for the USA, but getting close to 77 in China. Those were things we were mainly preoccupied with in the second half of the 20th century, getting people to live better so that they can live longer. Was that wrong? But inevitably, as these strides were made through efforts at improving agriculture, go to the Green Revolution, transportation, and especially health care, for instance, penicillin, population grew everywhere and exploded in other places. Norway, for instance, had a population of around 3.2 million in 1950, while Mali had a population of just less than 5 million. Norway's population in 2020 was around 5.4 million, while that of Mali had soared to over 20 million. The population of the USA in 1950 was just over 150 million, while that of China was around 550 million. In 2020, the population of the USA stood at around 330 million, while that of China stood at around 1,400,000,000. Now we go to another factor, the number of children. The average number of children per woman in Norway in 1950 was around 2.5, while that in Mali was around 7. In 2020, the average number of children per woman in Norway was around 1.7, and in Mali, around 5.7. In the USA, the number in 1950 was around 3, and had gone down to 1.8 in 2020. In China, the fertility rate in 1950 was around 5, and had gone down to less than 1.5 in 2020. Look at the changes in life expectancy and fertility, and consider how they correlate. People will have more children depending on how they count on their own and their children's survival. Further, 
look at country policies. China centrally controlled, mandated a one-child policy in the 1970s when the number of children per woman had been around four. Why? Well, simply because China wanted to industrialize, assume a certain place in the world, and meet its people's hopes for a more comfortable existence. Life expectancy in China was already around 64 years. But how did China know or calculate? Well, much was studied and known by the 1960s and 70s, and quite a number followed upon. There were even warnings about the overuse of resources, the effects on water, on desertification, on the environment, as pollution, people's lifespans increased and material welfare improved. The Club of Rome came out with a book in 1972 called Limits to Growth. It was quite popular and has had updates. There were about 2.5 billion people around the time I was born. We are now close to 8 billion. However, look at another figure and be astounded. The number of vehicles on this planet, of which there were about 100 million in 1950, has at least risen to over 2 billion. I've also seen other figures that put the number of vehicles at 500 million in 1970 and 3.5 billion now. In any case, those are staggering increases, and their impact on the environment something which we are beginning to really feel. You know that. However, think of all the people who feel they have better and freer lives because of them. Think about the fact that, though we speak constantly about the vast differences between the rich and the poor, there are in fact fewer differences in the most basic area, life itself, than there were in 1950. We have erred, but not because we were horrible, but because we wanted a better, longer life possible for humankind. For a moment, let's go to the international system and the role it has played. Let us start with predicted calculations. Scientists meeting at the United Nations in Geneva talked and wrote about large future epidemics in the 1970s, just as they discussed and wrote about desertification, urbanization, and environmental degradation. Note that the UN's Environmental Organization was founded in 1972. The first big UN World Population Conference was held in 1974. I, at the time an interpreter based in UN Geneva, was part of that conference in Bucharest. I also worked UN environmental conferences, a big one in Nairobi later in the decade. In fact, those of us in the international community have been talking, writing, and warning about everything that is hitting us now. Moreover, some of us even made life-changing decisions as a result of it. For instance, colleagues of mine and I decided not to have any children. Yet, could what is happening now been prevented? Was anything achieved? 
Well, our population only doubled since 1970. It was nearing 4 billion then and is about to hit 8 billion now. We would, however, have had as many as 11 billion if we had continued to increase as we had been at the time. Over time, vehicles were built to use less fuel per kilometer. In 1970, many car models consumed as many as 20 liters per 100 kilometers. Today, some consume as few as 2 liters per 100 kilometers. So the warnings did have an impact. On the other hand, had the world heeded more, we would have been facing fewer challenges. But think about the challenges we faced in 1950. Incredible inequalities in well-being and lifespan. We were really able to decrease them. Think of the way the Chinese live today compared to the way they lived in 1950. To be blunt, Greta, we get used to catastrophic events. We bemoan them. But if we're not personally subject to them, we go back to our normal lives. I almost have to laugh because in spite of the coronavirus having filled children's ICUs in my city, in spite of another spike in overall cases, the highways around me are back to normal, so congested in the morning rush that cars are crawling, looking like ants on a small screen. You know about the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. Most may not. Well, they were worked out between 2012 and 2015 and included inputs from civil society, that is, organizations and institutions like the ones you have been involved with that are interested in what the United Nations does and play a part in what it is doing. As a representative of a non-governmental organization, I was, along with hundreds of thousands of others, one who filled in our preferences. However, considering what we are living through, should we look at them again? Should we revise them? What should our goals be? What is the hope for the future? It lies with all of us. The pandemic coupled with the weather events in the last few years, have made all of us, each one of us, rethink how we live, or should make us think how we live. During the middle of World War II, the Allies, with Churchill and Roosevelt leading, dared think of a United Nations to try to prevent another world war and create a better life for all humanity. It was a catalyst that led to the establishment of hundreds of organizations, thousands of programs, and incredible improvements in certain areas, but also led to new, complicated challenges. The task before us, the young and old today, is to have the minds and hearts to help form an enlightened public opinion that makes it easier for all of us to adapt as well as possible to new realities while at the same time hopefully prevent or mitigate the worst possible scenarios. We should be able to look 
at what we have achieved and be thankful for it. We should be aware of how complicated the road ahead is, one of adaptation that will lead us humans to our next step up the ladder of positive evolution and not down into an abyss of recrimination and destruction.